coach. Let's find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Today, we've got a returning guest. Now, last time you met him, this is going to give it away to you. He was here with his slave, Karma. Today, I've got Master Joshua all to myself. Hello, Master Joshua. How are you today? Hello. Good morning. Good afternoon, wherever the listeners are, actually. I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, and I've got you to myself this time. So that means you have to answer all. And you know what? That means I'm the dominatrix today. How about that? (laughs) We could play. We could play. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't resist. Had to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Now that the audience is going, what the heck is she talking about? (laughs) So... For people who did weren't on the last call with Joshua, let me tell you a little bit about Joshua. People who work with Joshua achieve self-acceptance and are empowered to gain control of and become active participants in their own lives. You know, that may sound kind of funny, but stick with me, stick with me. Through non-traditional sexual behavior known as NTSB, counseling, people achieve self-actualization and become the best, most uninhibited versions of themselves. He is the director of NTSB for the Integrated Mind-Body Therapy, which my listeners have heard of before. And actually, I'm the director of marketing and media at Integrated Mind-Body Therapy. And Joshua is also NTSB consultant and end of life doula. How do I say that, Joshua? Doula. Doula. Okay. He his work reaches a variety of people. Has helped hundreds rid themselves of shame, see and embrace their identities, and live richer, more materialized lives. You know what? One of my themes on here from day one has been helping people. Get rid of shame and guilt. I dealt with that for easily 40 years of my life. And it wasn't easy to do it. I'm just saying for at least 40 years of my life, I dealt with a whole lot of that shame, guilt kind of stuff that started when I was a kid. And I like to think that through the work as a love coach and um, here on Ready for Love Radio and through things that I do, I can help at least start to help people to get rid of some of that, work through some of that, and am more than happy to uh, help anybody that wants to reach out, you know. Um, And I I love to bring people on that also help people to work through the shame that they've dealt with. And I hope to reach them earlier than 40, if at all possible. Um, But work with people and help them at any any age. Because, you know, we shouldn't have to live our life dealing with shame. It just, it's ridiculous that we have to do that. Um, So I'm I'm thrilled that you do that kind of work also. Um, what, What got you into that sort of stuff? Why, why is that something that you help people with? So what got me into helping people work through shame? Uh, it's multi-layered, actually. A lot of it has to do with me and my journey through understanding my identity, sexuality, and what it, is like, what it was like growing up in the 80s and the 90s uh, as a teenager and a young adult, where society made the rules of what masculinity means. And I've had inner conflict around, am I man enough, right? Um, When I was a teenager, sex was what determined your masculinity, your manhood. How much are you having sex? How many partners do you have? And I bought into that construct. Uh, What I realized was I wasn't making connection. I was just moving through people and it was very it was very empty 
as I was continuing my journey of identity and sexuality, it progressed really fast. I, I started having sex at 12, for example, and uh, okay. I had my first child at 18. I have four children, and what I thought was sex addiction for the first 20 years turned out to be uh, ADHD and some traits that are associated with it around impulsivity and um, emotion and sexuality. Um, it wasn't until I was in my 30s where I learned the power of connection and communication and the importance of integrity. Um, when I started to make these connections through that shifted perspective, I felt the importance of these of these connections I was making, of the valuable return of being truthful and open and honest. Um, for myself, that's what was happening. Life started to become easier the more I was willing to do the hard work, and the hard work being reflection, introspection, communicating what's truthful to me and seeing how it's received and acting accordingly. It's almost turned into mm -hmm. like a math math um, equation when it comes to connection and are we putting our time in the right places to help us feel valued and respected and loved. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Well, I... I well, I graduated in the 80s, so I'm, I'm, I'm older than you. <laughs> but um, but I, I know what you mean. You know, and it's, it's always that, you know, what's, what's your number? You know, how, how many, how many, what, okay, for guys it's that, you know, and then for girls it seems to be the opposite, you know. <gasps> You've had how many? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, double step. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a stud thing if you're, you're a guy and it's a slut thing if you're a girl. Um, and always has been as far as I hear. And, well, I, and I was having a conversation last night with my boyfriend, and we were talking about that whole, it's, it's sad so many things are, are you whatever enough? Once you're, you're, whatever group or whatever label you're seen under, it's, it's never you're just that label. It's are you that enough? You know, yeah. and we, we had a whole list of them we were talking about last night. It's ridiculous, you know. You you can't just be part of that. I, I, I hate labels of any kind. It just, it, it's it's just a way to divide people as far as I, I'm concerned. It, it's, you know. it's unfortunate because, like, labels have a place, a role in it. And I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I wrote down labels and I'll come back to that. But when you hit the nail on identity for me, uh, I'm a Latino male, right? And mm -hmm. I'm very and I look white, and I wasn't enough for any place to call home. I, had, I was too white for my Latinos. I was always questioned about my, my uh, ethnicity and culture. And then I'm not white, so I'm not accepted by white folks. And I was too straight for the gays, too gay for the straights. I didn't have a place to call home, so I had to ask myself, well, what do I need? What do I want? Where do I want to be? And that's where the reflection and introspection to start working on who am I started bringing up shame and fear and me needing to understand and believe and understand my, my values and beliefs. And that's the hard part, right? It's like conformity, conformity is easy. If I can look like everyone, if I can not draw any attention, I'll be safe. But then we're just playing in the pocket of, of cutting off our individualities, our identity, so that we're not different, but we're very much like everyone else. And that's painful right. for, for folks who really feel there's some, someone different inside of us. I like to call it midlife awakening. Other people call it midlife crisis. And <laughs> I think that's the time where people start to realize that we've been conforming for too much and there's a soul inside this body that needs right. to be acknowledged by myself. Well, and see, that's right there's four, four groups you, you should have been part of and embraced, but instead it was four groups that you weren't enough of to be accepted. That's yes, ridiculous. Yes. It's painful. It's painful you know. and it's very invalidating. And my, my role yes. is to help make people's struggles, to say, I see you as the human that you are, 
and I understand the pain of, of conformity and the rejection from society, and it's okay. Uh, like the word queer, I just redefined it. I was at the psychedelics conference in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, and while I was, it was called Queering Psychedelics. And while I was sitting there, I was listening to them describe what being queer means, and it's not an orientation. Queer is a life journey of off the beaten path. Right? I'm no longer going to conform my identity to society's heteronormative standards. I'm going to be my unique individual self and pay the price of individuality. Okay. I think we should all just be individuals. Be, be whoever we are. And because, I mean, nobody, I mean, Susan and I just, just did a book about that. None of us are normal. I mean, what's normal, you know? What is normal? And who, who, who says what's normal? You know, normal changes from minute to minute, depending on who thinks they're in charge. You know, I don't want to be normal anyway. Never have. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've been told I'm supposed to be, but, I mean, that wasn't my goal. But... You know. when, when I speak, because heteronormative, you'll hear that shit thrown around all over the place, and it's, I think it's another overused word. When I say heteronormative, I mean heterosexual, of course, right, because that's part of it. But what I, when I say heteronormative, I mean presenting or living in a way that keeps people who are in conformity with the bigger picture feeling comfortable. Yeah. Meaning, I can't go down the street holding my boyfriend's hand because I'm going to make people uncomfortable with that form of expression we have to be able to move past the fear of our expression hurting someone's feelings the same goes for monogamy the same goes for being heterosexual people are almost shaming others for wanting to be monogamous and heterosexual it's like let people just exist right let them right. As, as long as they're in the role that they want to be as opposed to feeling they have to be to feel safe fucking let them do it Right? And that's, that's where labels comes around. Uh, they have a time and a place, and I hate labels. I, 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 I can't say I hate labels because they have a reason. They allow us to assert our boundaries. They allow us to say, no, that's not where I'm at. This is where I'm at. Uh, for example, like dominance and submission. A submissive, mm -hmm. if they take the label of submissive, to ask them to do dominant activities or actions goes against with where their headspace and position is, right? So that to be able to pull out a label and say, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm comfortable, the framework I'm comfortable working in, that's where it has its benefits. But those are choices. Those, aren't, those shouldn't be put on to people. Right. Well, those, those are a choice that we're making for ourselves, not somebody else is making for us. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Joshua has got a fascinating website where he explains in detail about the work he does and what can be accomplished and how he accomplishes that. And I wanted to share that because I, I love the way that it's explained. So I asked him if we can dig in to his mind a little bit more about what they explain on there. And he said we could. So, so we're just going to kind of give you some more insights into what they do. So I'm, I'm going to tell you part of what it explains, and he's going to explain to it some more. So now there's, there's always a gap between who we are and who we're, we'll say, supposed to be, okay? And shame is what we feel when we can't resolve those two. So it compels us to falsify our interactions with the world. Now, <clears throat> you're probably going to see yourselves, listeners, in, in some of these things that, that we're going to say, okay? And, and Chloe is trying to help me. So give me, give me a little <laughs> bit of a break here. Leave my place. <laughs> so we, we hide from ourselves and from others like a ch feral child that remains only partially formed. To continue forming, we need an opportunity to express ourselves freely and honestly without the fear of judgment. We would need to be seen, understood, accepted consistently and over time 
by someone who's capable of truly seeing and understanding us. We would need a safe space, and Joshua can provide that. Now, once the shame begins to lift, even a little, there is a cascading effect that is stunning. And I can tell you it is, because I've, I've been through this. You'll experience a newness and a sense of possibility. Everyday occurrences occur and a deeper interconnected meaning. You're going to feel empowered. This is when achieving your goals and overcoming obstacles comes naturally. It resembles falling in love, but it's just you coming into yourself. It's a beautiful and exhilarating stage. Joshua will be there to study you through it and to guide you when you plateau, because this is when you'll enter the most valuable phase. Now, that sounds like uncomprehensible to a lot of people. I get that. I, you know, I, I do. And Joshua understands. You're probably going, uh huh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? you? You're, you're like they're saying, uh huh, right, right, right. Fantasy novel, no, nah, not happening. But you know what? We've both been there, haven't we? Haven't we? <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> We've both been there. <laughs> We've both been there. Now, now, what I want to dig into is how this happens. Now, Joshua takes things that other people does, but he does them differently. He kind of flips them on their head. Okay, literally sometimes. Okay. Literally sometimes. Now, <laughs> you know I'm right. Come on now. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm giving them some warning, okay? Now, <clears throat> we we talked about NTSB. Now, I've had other people on here to talk about BDSM. I mean, I, I you know, I've, I've had some pretty pretty big-name people on here. I, I had Nina Hartley. Come on now. now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. A couple times. Now, so, but he he does this differently and in conjunction with other stuff. So get ready, folks. This is unusual. We call it non-traditional sexual behaviors in counseling and therapy. Now, tell us your take. And, and anybody that, that knows if, if you have fetishes, if you're into BDSM, people that aren't into these things tend to have strange viewpoints about them. So that in itself can can cause some issues as far as how society views them. Can we say that safely, do you think? Easily, 100%. Okay, okay. How do you use these non-traditional behaviors in your counseling and therapy? So the way I use NTSB or non-traditional sexual behavior or BDSM techniques, because ultimately NTSB is BDSM except in a vanilla, vanilla-ized form because BDSM can bring some intense connotations with it. And all it is is non-traditional behaviors that are a lot have to do with sexuality and sexual energy. So I reframed BDSM to non-traditional sex, sexual behavior to make it more accessible to folks who have curiosities and desires that aren't the norm, but they can't quite connect them to BDSM because of the whips and the chains and the pain that's associated with, with the lifestyle. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's actually, BDSM has nothing to do with the toys and the, and the instruments. Those are just modalities to execute the feelings that we're trying to experience. So in order to integrate it, what I do is I make a space for people to talk about their relationship with sex and sexuality. I allow them to talk about their curiosities without fear and shame because I'll invest up front after my 30-minute consultation if a person decides to work with me. I submit an intake form that takes about four to five hours to complete. And what I'm doing there is I'm asking you to review your life your past and your present, to talk to me about your relationship with sex, sexuality, uh, intimacy, touch, traumas, 
things that may have affected you in the past that have brought you shame and fear. And after you complete this intake form, I'll review it, and then we'll sit and talk. We're going to talk for two one to one and a half hour sessions before we even talk about play. Because what I need you to do is I need you to get a working vocabulary and understanding about your past, your present, and your thoughts. And the only way you can do that is if you sit and reflect on it. And you, and you ask yourself these questions or you answer my questions that have been curated over 10 years of trying to help find the right questions to help people find the right answers for themselves. Because I don't have any answers. What I do have are the right questions to ask you. You have almost all the answers you're going to need up front. But we have to stretch those muscles of reflection and thinking about it. So after you fill out the form and you send it back to me and I review it, we'll sit and we'll talk. And what I'm doing in this case is I'm normalizing the conversation. I'm letting you speak and share openly and honestly because I want you to know what it feels like to feel safe, seen, and heard, to feel validated, to know that you're not the only one who goes through these experiences and feels this way because it can be, it can be like that. We're shamed into boxes and away from these desires because society's going to laugh at us or we're strange for desiring something that isn't quote unquote the norm but inside our body it feels natural so i help you access as dr susan k said uh finding what's natural and moving away uh from what's normal within yourself so that you can you can really embrace your, you start embracing your identity, I should say like that. Because what happens when you feel validated and you, you feel that you're not alone and that you've heard examples re- reflected back to you of different ways that, and different experiences that I've had or that people I've worked with have had, and I can validate your fears and your thoughts, not validate them as in they have reason, but that you have been thinking about them and that there's no need to think about them that way it's really empowering because now you realize, wait a second, I'm not wrong and I'm not broken. I have a voice and I have an identity that deserves to take up space. And that comes through our conversations of just telling you, listen, you're not broken. From there, we move on to our negotiation and in our negotiation, I'm sorry, the second uh, call that we have is our yes, no, maybe list. And we go over all the kinks and fetishes that I can, accumulate onto one form, which is like five pages long. And what I ask you to do, I task you with this because I need you to know yourself. I need you to go through each and every fetish and not say, yes, I'm into this. No, I'm not into this. And I may be into that because those come out of fear and thoughts and theories we have. What I need you to do is put yourself in a positive position and say to yourself, well, if I don't know about this, or I've never experienced it, or I'm afraid of it, how can I enjoy it? Like, under what circumstances would I say yes, as opposed to immediately jumping to no and possibly missing out on these incredible experiences? One of them that I like to say is punching. I'll make a fist and I'll, I'll punch my hand. I'll, I'll, I'll ask, so are you into punching? And a lot of times folks will say, no, 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 I don't want to be punched in the face. And what's happening is they're referring to worst case scenarios, which we're programmed to, I think. And... What I'll ask them follow-up questions saying, well, what about a massage? Have you ever had a massage? And they'll most likely say yes. And then I'll punch my hand again. And I'll ask, have you ever had deep punching impact to your muscles in your body? And they'll say yes. And then I'll, I'll ask, well, did you like it? And they'll say yes. And I'll be like, well, that's punching. And they'll go, oh, okay. Now I'm in, then I'm into it. It's like we have to, you have to give yourself permission to reframe and to grow. Uh, through through possibilities and fear, because that's really right. what holds us back. Rejection. What if I say something that the other person doesn't like? Well, then find a different person. Right. You know, I've I've heard so many people do the yes no maybe list, and I've never heard that approach to it. It's. I got tired of people giving me reasons why not, and I got tired of yeah. asking that refinement and it's like listen do yourself the favor and then i'll lead with the punching example because i need them because it'll take someone 15 years before they say yes to something out of fear because they didn't put the time in to reflect on it and it's like my 
role is to have all of these queued up questions to ask you as you're unfolding yourself. And I mean, anyone could look at the Q and at the questions and do it themselves. Absolutely. 100%. I'm actually writing a book called healing through kink, which is part of this process, uh, which will be part of this process, but the power comes in the reflection and the affirmation from a total stranger or someone you're working with that you're not alone that is totally normal, as long as everyone's consenting and of legal age, run with it. Right. 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 We need those permissions. Society won't give them to us. Well, and I talk about reframing things a lot, you know, because you can, you can look at things one way, but it's amazing if you just turn the sentence around a little bit to instead of saying things in a negative way, just turn it around to be a more positive slant, it's amazing how different your outlook about things can be. So, Everything. yeah, I, I, I love that. One, one of the things that I learned through this, <clears throat> one of the things that I learned through this journey is, and again, the, the importance of saying your truth, right? Because right. the person on the receiving end is either going to receive you or they're not going to receive you. And you take these experiences of feeling validated. You, le- you take these experiences of learning new language and perspective like we just did. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, gives, it can give a relationship a new lease on life. Right. Because now you, you're, you're, the idea is to remove as many masks as we can so that we're speaking from our soul and not from what's expected of us. It's true. Well, and that's, that's one of the things about open, honest communication too, is when you can say your truth and know that you're not going to be judged for it, you know, because sometimes you just, you just need to say what's really on your mind or in your heart and, you know, know that you can say it and not be judged for it, you know? The, the hard part, it's not, it's not, it's a, is it a light switch? To a degree, it's a light switch. It's more like a dimmer. I can't say it's like an on and off switch. It's more like a, <laughs> you pop the light on the first time you do that, of being able to communicate with someone who sees you and validates you, and you're like, holy shit, I feel good. Why would I put this light back in the closet? And then you have, like a lot of people experience up front, you have reality to face now because you have a new experience of feeling validated and affirmed in a way that you haven't ever or rarely have in your past. How do you use that power moving forward? It takes practice. It takes refinement. <laughs> it takes risk because you have to be comfortable losing people when it's time for you to speak your truth and yes. not to be a cold, blunt person. I mean, yes, it happens like that at times. And up, I think at first, a lot of us have that experience of just blurting shit out. And I think over time, we learn compassion because it's necessary to, to say things with compassion and understanding that a person is at their point in their life where maybe they aren't willing, not willing, but able to learn and accept differences that make them uncomfortable. So how do we navigate that? Right. It's like this is this is where self-care really kicks into gear because it's not self-care is not just about bath bombs and shampoos. <laughs> right. Self-care <laughs> is about that you're taking up the space you deserve. That is you are leading into every relationship with the best version of yourself possible. You deserve to have it reciprocated. And that's, that's scary. True. Because not everyone's on that, on that on that field to play. It's it's a little overwhelming when you first start experiencing this, and it's it's hard to slow it down, and and especially you know if if people close to you are are pushing back against you, but yeah, it's <laughs> you know especially because people close to you <clears throat> may not like it when they start seeing changes, especially if it's not working in their their interest, you know, or to their benefit. Very but, much, yeah, right bring that up quite often on here too. It's like, you know, they, they, if it's going against what they want you to do, you know, or, or you're changing in ways that, that goes against what they think you should do, they may not like it. 
Yeah, but, yeah. It becomes an inconvenience. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of where, and, and, and it's unfortunate because you can't get this type of change in your life without making waves. You can't. Yeah. It's like you're, someone's going to be inconvenienced, someone's going to be hurt, someone's going to be disappointed. And the part of the learning in that is that we're all human and it's okay, right? It's not, it's not personal. We're all trying to unlearn things that we were programmed to learn or we were traumatized in those positions or we just made different choices than we would today. And it's okay. It's okay to change. We don't have to be the same person we were 20 years ago. I, I don't want to be the same person I was five years ago. I want to constantly yeah. be looking at myself and asking, am I where I want to be? And if not, how do I get there? Well, and we should be, we should be changing and growing and if not, we're stagnating. And who wants to stagnate, you know? Yeah. I mean, I understand rest periods. I understand rest periods. Yeah. But I, I, it took me until my late 30s before I found purpose and in what, who I am and what I was doing. And it's this work. It's the work to help people drop the unnecessary emotional baggage that they carry because no one – Mentorship is dead in this country. Men, and I'm going to speak from a, a men, a, a, my man experience, we don't have, and as, as people have heard numerous times, we don't have the emotional support. We don't have the outlets. We don't have the, the freedom of expression like uh, people, like we could have. And it takes a toll. And we need camaraderie. We need, in some cases, brotherhood and on the other side, sisterhood, where it's not a competitive world, it's a supportive world, it's a supportive tribe. And we're celebrated in our uniqueness and we're also corrected in our mistakes in a positive, supportive manner. Um, but we have to be the example we want to see. We can't wait for someone to do it for us. And that's what this work is that I do is I go out there to meet folks, any, any gender, I'm open to working with anyone to help them find their, their own light, to speak it, to show it, and to say, I see you, now run with it. That is true. That is very needed. And it's, it's hard to find that without the competition. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, you talk about domination. And you say, whether you're a newcomer or a lifestyle veteran, submission, the simple act of putting yourself in the hands of a person you trust, is a powerful, sometimes transcendental experience. Just for a while, let go of the unceasing responsibility of making decisions and carrying them out. Pass the burden on to me. Well, you. In the release that follows, you will find your senses are greater and greatly enhanced you will feel trust, kinship, affection, and gratitude as a child does, free from worry or inhibition. There's a lucidity to this exchange that hearkens to a simpler state of being. It often yields a sense of wonder and renewal. Like he said earlier, it may resemble falling in love, but it's just you coming into yourself. Now, you know, I've, I've been supporting myself on my own for let's just say a long time. I'm not going to give the years. It's been a, it's been a long time, and due to a major, major, major uh, medical crisis about eight years ago, I've had to accept help more than I I did since I was extremely young, and um, it's it's been a tough it's been a tough pill to swallow to say the least. Um, but I, I've had no choice. Um, and, uh, it, it's been hard for me to deal with, but necessary. And, uh, some very conflicting feelings about that. <laughs> so, um, go, goes against everything that, that I've told myself that I, I had to do because I'm incredibly independent. Um, 
so I, I was reading that saying, I don't know. <laughs> so um, tell us tell us about this. I'm 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 curious to hear because you know it's um, I've I've given I, nobody makes my decisions for me, but um, tell tell me about this the domination deal. I'm I'm just curious to hear. <clears throat> As a dom, I'm curious to hear your your take on submission. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, I have a very particular approach uh, between clients in my personal life. They're not the same, but they're very they're, they run parallel in, in intention. Uh, with clients, okay. what I'm doing is I want to create space. I want you to learn your identity, start speaking your truth, talk about desires. And what we discuss is how do we bring your life from where you're at to where you want to be. And it, doesn't, it, it starts off with speaking your truth and identity because that's probably the most powerful way that I can validate someone immediately. Or the, the fastest would be validating a person's identity and their relationship or lack of or absence of their relationship with their identity. Okay. What we move into. And from there is on the client level, well, tell me about your life. And because it's not just kink, we're not just talking about kink. I'm learning who they are as a whole person. Because what that does is it tells me where their strengths and their weaknesses are, where do they feel they're being taken advantage of, where do they feel they don't have a voice. And I can tie almost all the pieces together into this is who I am, this is my relationship with my voice, and this is how I am or I'm not seen and heard. And through our process, because it's not just that we meet one time and then we're done. Like we're going to speak at least a dozen hours or if not more by the time we're done with our first session, with our, with our in-person session, I should say that. By then, you've already reflected back to me your life, where you're at and where you want to go. Off of all the things that we've shared, the direction and the advice that I've given into helping a person find and speak their truth, they develop a trust in me that allows them to say, Joshua, this is where I'm at. What do you think? And I've developed enough trust that I'll give my input. And nine out of ten times, they'll take it and it'll work. The other one, it's probably even higher than that because I don't, I just don't like to give absolutes. (laughs) So, right them finding their voice with me, I help them reframe their relationship with their, their belief, like uh, religion. Like what's your relationship with, to your belief system? Do you believe in God? Do you believe in life after death? And ultimately what I'm doing is I'm helping a person figure out what do they believe governs their reality. Because if I can help you figure that out, then you won't have any, any reason to say, I can't or I won't. Like, for example, if you believe in life after death, why do you live like you only have one life? Right. Why are you afraid of saying yes and you keep saying no? Right. Those are the math equations that I, I pull out of these, out of these conversations. Do you find that there are plenty of people that actually haven't thought about those things? I do. I think... I think a lot of folks haven't been asked the question because we don't, we don't, these aren't conversations we're having. We're too much of a consumerism country where we're not asked about our beliefs until the time comes. Someone's dying, we're sick, we're in a position of discomfort or pain, or when a person says, oh, God, help, <laughs> right? Well, who are you talking to? What do you believe in? Who, who is coming to help? Because what we do is, through that breakdown of belief and understanding, it's going to, you're going to learn to give yourself permissions. Like, I'm only human and I make mistakes. Please forgive me. Like being able to ask for, an apolo- for forgiveness. Right. But it takes a lot of reflection that moves well past, well, what are you into? Because we're all, everyone, everyone is into something. Everyone. Even the listener who's nodding their head, no, you're into something too. Everyone has something. The issue is, us not feeling safe enough to share it and us feeling ashamed of it. Why? Right? It all boils down to that. It all boils down to that. Now, when it comes to my personal relationships, I, I won't ever 
listen to you complain about the same thing twice. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you haven't taken action to change it, I don't want to hear it a second time. And it's tough because I'm a very productive, I'm an influencer of productivity. Some people call me a muse. When you meet me and I learn who you are and I learn about your life, the first thing I'll ask you is why or why haven't you made the move of whatever it is that you shared with me? Because we need to be asked those questions. I want to know what's holding you so that you can look back (laughs) and reflect on yourself and say, oh, shit. Nothing's holding me back, right? So it's like I do that with my partners and I do that with the people close to to me in my life because I want to see them succeed. Domination to me isn't about control. Domination to me is if you trust me to lead you and I've earned that trust through consistency. If you choose for me to lead you, don't question my leading unless it conflicts with something ethically, morally, or with your direction. Like if you're coming to me and say, this is my situation, I work, what do I do? And you're asking me for my advice, I will give it to you. If you do it and it fails, that's on me. And we will re- yeah. reframe it and look at it. When it succeeds, we'll move on to the next problem. If you don't do it, and you just wanted to complain to me and wanted my advice but weren't happy with my advice, and you did something totally off the cuff and it screwed up, and then you come back to me to complain about it again, I, I, I don't have space for that. <laughs> I, my interest, your best interest is my interest. I'm, I don't, I'm not the guy who's going to tell you, I want you to answer my text within five minutes. I want you to call me every night before you go to bed. I don't have time to manage people's lives. I am there to support right. you through all the tough stuff and celebrate with you on all the victories. Yeah, I, I had a friend who um, would call me with all of her problems, and I'd give her a solution, and then she'd ignore it. And then she'd call me like <laughs> the same problem over and over and over. I said, no, no, not doing this. No, uh-uh. Or she, she'd argue with me and tell me all the reasons it wouldn't work. I said, then why do you call me? Then no. why do you ask? <laughs> just no. I, just, I don't have the space for that. I don't have, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to put you in a position to fail. That is, is not, it, I don't believe in that. Like, I believe in karma. I believe in doing what's right. I believe in, not what's right for me but doing what's right, period. Even when I'm shortchanged, when I feel or it looks like I could be shortchanged out of it, I will always lean right. towards what I believe is fundamentally <clears throat> and more right. Because I also believe that we are living in a where we have our own stories to tell. It's like our own stories to live, not tell. Our own stories to live and our choices are going to determine that. And at the end of it, when we die, we'll go back to wherever we're from and we'll review our life. And it's like I've sat with a lot of this because I wanted to know. And what I found in asking myself these questions is that there's a lot of power behind what I know to be true and what I believe to be true versus what I hope to be true. I get, and it all, got comes, it. it all comes back to connection with other human beings. I need to show you who I am. And I, I take risks. I trust people and I give respect to people. Trust is something you have to lose from me, and respect is something that you have to lose from me. Once those are gone, they don't come back. Yeah. But I have, because I don't, I don't want to carry the weight of distrust and negativity on my shoulders because I have to be the human being that I want to see out there. And with that, I believe it influences other people. They say, wow, Josh was fucking bananas. He's got X amount of partners. He's living this life. And... From the outside, it looks great. From the inside, there's a lot of work and a lot of hard talks and a lot of mistakes and a lot of wrong choices. Not wrong choices. A lot of choices that were made that steered in one direction and not another. But it's all about an individual understanding what they believe to be true for themselves and acting on it. And that's that's what I, I help 
is I help you learn what do you believe to be true about yourself and how do you take your meat spacesuit, your human body, <laughs> and make that shit happen. Be, be where you want to be. Let's get, let's get that shit done. And I hate the word life coach. I'm not a life coach. I'm like a life dom. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I love that idea. And, you know, I, I, studied, I studied hard. And when I studied to become a, a love coach, um, I was working 80 hours a week with my job and studying at the same time. I still finished it in a year. I was like, uh-uh, I got I got Once I started the training I was I was seeing so many positive changes in me from studying. I said, "Man, I got to share this stuff. This is awesome, you know." So, and it was it was just like I said, making such a huge difference in me. It's like this is I I I don't understand why, but I got to share. I just I've got to share this. So, and the radio show was born. <laughs> so, now some of the stuff that. Um, you work on, and I think I, I think this is self-evident by the things that you said, but um, <clears throat> is helping people to revive their existing connections and to form deeper connections with people. Um, and I think <clears throat> we, with the technology we have, people are making, and you can tell this if you look at like their social media. They're making a lot of connections, but they're <clears throat> they're more superficial connections for in a lot of ways. So tell us about these, you know, reviving connections and making deeper connections. Because I don't think a lot of people are really making <clears throat> true and deeper connections. What do you think? I, uh, I agree with you 100%. I've taught a couple classes on uh, social media and uh, the app culture and how it decimates dating because it's like people, and this comes back to the labels, people are clicking on boxes. This is who I am. This is what I'm into. This is what I like. This is what I'm curious about. And they're using a mathematical algorithm to match you up with someone who's checked the same boxes. And it's like at no point know who this person is, who their what their character is like, what their beliefs are, what their intentions are in life, like the direction that they're going. And we make these hookups, and it's really cool. It's really fast. It's instant gratification. It's like going to Vegas and hitting on the slot machine. And then right. it burns in a few days, weeks, and a few months, if you're lucky, or it'll last a few years before you realize the only things you have in common with this person are social markers. And right. the value of the person doesn't click with you and the priorities don't match. And where you're at in your own journey of understanding yourself isn't the same. So it's like if you have one person who's deeply introspective and the other person who all they do all day is play video games, that's a conflict, right? Because it's like we're not putting our time into each other in a way that we can learn each other. Now, I understand video games as an outlet and shit like that. Yes, I get it. But when you're spending 40, 60, 80 hours a week playing video games, that's not the same. That's called video no. game addiction, and, and it's not the same. And I bring that up because it's a very common thing in, in culture today is the distractions that we have. Now, when it comes to helping people develop their relationships further, what I like to do is I like to set the baseline of what conversation, meaningful conversation looks like when we talk because I'm going to ask you questions about who you are fundamentally and when you realize the impact that that has on you understanding yourself and the things that you've never said out loud or the truths that you have that you've never shared, it's pretty impactful. Like one of my favorite questions is, what do you wish people knew about you? And... I'll, give, I'll usually give the first example, and I'll go real deep with it, and I'll talk about vulnerability, or I'll talk about my relationship with rejection, and like, I will go out, because I, I, ha I have to set the standard every time to show a person how much permission, how much depth they can go in talking with it. Because rarely are we even cued on these types of conversations. So I like to show you how deep the swimming pool is right off the bat. And what that does, it allows you to feel it in your body, meaningful conversation, where we're not talking about designer shit that I really don't care about. It's like, interesting. I can connect with a person fundamentally 
because even though our life experiences don't look the same, the feelings behind them are the same. Joy, fear, sadness, happiness, excitement, anxiety. Our lives are painted very different, but the experiences that we have emotionally are all the same. You feel joy the same way I feel joy. Yours just may look different. Yours may be from whipping somebody. Mine may, may be from paddling somebody or just braiding someone's hair, right? Two different ends of the spectrum, but we're still feeling joy. And they take that experience and they set that as their new baseline of, am I putting my time into a relationship where the person has earned access to my time and my body and my resources? Because that's the other thing. Are we being used for who we are and what we have, or is a person genuinely with us? And I like to give that experience of I'm here with you because I don't work for people. You're not going to give me money and say work for me. I determine whether we're going to work together. And the money is the energy exchange for the time that we're going to invest into this. Right? I'm no one's boss and no one is my client. We are making a connection where we have mutual invested interest. You want to learn who you are. I want to help you learn who you are so we can make this world a better place by you being the example you need other people to see. Interesting. I like it. I like it. Interesting. Now, in order to make those connections, you need to truly communicate. So you also help them to build communication skills and this is very critical, confidence. Yes. And I know people are usually their own worst enemy when it comes to those kind of things. And maybe they have low self-esteem, this kind of thing. How do you help them with that? So when it comes to confidence, so sometimes I'll have people ask me about dominance and how do I become a better dominant person or submission. And unfortunately, a lot of people equate submission with weakness, and it's not. It is the furthest thing from weakness because through this process, what I'm helping you learn about yourself is your personal, your self-value, the value in you learning to speak your truth because so many people out there aren't. That in and of itself is powerful and valuable as a human trait characteristic. The next thing is you finding the strength in your words to realize that you're not bro uh, broken or wrong is also very empowering because imagine you've been lied to for 20, 30, 40 years and then you finally experience it and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> why, did, why did I believe this? Why was this taken from me? And taking that self-awareness through the conversations and the validation, that builds confidence in a person being able to stand a little taller and say, this person just validated me. This person of X amount of years in this lifestyle who's the kinkiest person I know, most often than not, that's what they'll say, has just told me I'm not wrong or broken. And he's seen a lot of shit because everything <laughs> he's shared back to me and reflected back to me helps me know that I'm not alone. So I am not broken, and I am a strong or worthy person. And it's not, you're not going to come out thinking you're Hulk Hogan. At the very least, what we're going to try to do is zero out the negative self-worth, uh, the self-value, the things that we say to beat ourselves up. I'm going to constantly reaffirm that these negative thoughts, I'll ask you, what are they based on? And I'll, have you, and, and I'll have you sit there and repeat it back to me. Well, this person or that person or this one time I had, because also when a person's triggered, inadvertently they're reflecting back from when it happened emotionally or mentally. When we're talking about it, when I discuss it, I'm not triggering you into that emotional response. We're bringing it up to have it in a today in a present conversation so that you are in your current headspace, in your current mind frame. Should you start to regress, we'll talk that shit back up to current so that it's not pulling you down. It's the self-awareness that brings the confidence. It's the validation from people who 
can support your journey and say, listen, I see you and you're good. That's where the confidence starts to build. Also, when a person can ask for something and it's respected, another huge confidence booster because it's like, if I tell you to stop and, I, and you stop, my word is of value. Now, if I go somewhere else and I tell someone to stop and they don't stop, that's a fucking flag and I got to go. And that's how confidence is built as well, the confidence to say yes or no because you've experienced what it feels like to be respected. And it doesn't happen overnight. This process is, it takes some time. It takes some people months. It takes most people years before they can acknowledge, they can put for fact on a finger the changes that they've made in their lives. It takes easily three to five years before you can sit back and reflect and say, ah, now I see the difference. Now, now I understand because you have to put the time into understanding the formula, how it falls into your existence, how are you integrating these understandings, and then do you believe it? For example, I have a friend who is with their partner, and I would constantly tell them, listen, you're the dominant person in the household, and I would give them examples, and I would give them examples, and this shit went on for years, and I would give them examples and give them examples, and they were taking all the advice and they were making all the changes and everything was coming back positive, but I couldn't tell them the value and the role that they played in their house. Just last week, they had a situation at home where their partner, who is the breadwinner and the, the intelligent one, because they have multiple degrees, right? So you also have that power differential where the person feels because they make more money and they have more degrees than I, they're superior to me. It was five years almost to the fucking day when they came back to me after a week of some in family emergency. They said, you know, I realized that my partner is the intelligence officer and I'm the commander. <laughs> I said, no fucking shit. <laughs> but they have to see it for themselves. All I can do is be your cheerleader and your support all the way through that. Hmm. Well, the support is huge, though. The support is huge. So I'll tell you what. How can people, now that we've, we've given them the, the deeper understanding, we, we didn't share everything. There is more on the website. And so how, how can they find you online? How can they reach out to you and find out more? I can be found on all social media platforms under Master Joshua NYC. Um, my one-on-one work, uh, masterjoshua.com. Kinkcollective.net, that's K-I-N-K collective.net. I host with my partners um, retreats based around spirituality through the lens of BDSM. Um, we also have a program called Connection Simplified, which we have ex- expanded onto a corporate version where we take the work that I've done with our one-on-one sessions, my one-on-one sessions, and I've, we've created a program where we teach the individual in attendance to learn to hold the same space. As they're doing that, they're getting the experience of validation and affirmation, sharing space and holding space with a total stranger to show that fundamentally we are all very similar when it comes down to emotions and intentions in life. It's not kink-oriented but it helps kink folks learn their language and how to communicate effectively. Uh, Then we also have ssdce.org, which stands for Sanctuary for Spiritual Development and Consciousness Expansion. And through there, we organize uh, silent retreats and other personal development retreats for reflection and introspection. Awesome. You have all kinds of stuff going on. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) ma'am. But he found an hour to come over here and be with me. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm very happy to say that he is now a part of IMBT, Integrative Mind-Body Therapy. And that's all my fault because I introduced you to Susan. (laughs) (laughs) But very good to have you with us. Thank you so much. And I'm... Better to be a guest. Whenever you want me on, just let me know. 
Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and if um, if listeners have questions, feel free to send them in, and we'll get him back here. Also, so, I, I always always present a a thirty minute consultation free for anyone who's curious or has questions or needs guidance. Uh, if they so choose to work with me after that, that's perfect. That's great. If not, I always want to make who we are and what we're doing accessible. Awesome. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, listeners, I hope you got lots of great information. And, you know, you could be very curious now. Never know. <laughs> and thank you again, Joshua. I appreciate you coming and being with us today. And listeners, I'll be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.